Hello, beautiful people, and welcome. Welcome. I am excited to be here with um, two beautiful guests, and um, I would love for them to introduce themselves. So if you could, um, Rashida and then Stephanie, could you introduce yourselves to everyone? Oh, I'll go first. Oh, because go ahead, Stephanie. Sorry. <laughs> so it's Friday, and I know this about Rashida. Friday, her housekeeper comes, and so you, sometimes you'll hear a little noise. Hello, everyone. I'm Stephanie Perry. I am a house sitter. I'm the creator of House Sitter School and the co-creator of Exodus Summit. Um, I am on a mission to help Black women embrace ease in their lives and reject doing things that they feel obligated to do. Okay, uh, I am in wonderful, beautiful San, Ho not all that beautiful, San Jose, Costa Rica right now, working on my own pathway to doing as little as possible, which includes getting residency in a new country. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for being here. And Rashida. Hello, hello, hello. I am Rashida Dow. I am also a co-founder and co-creator of Exodus Summit. I also, on my own, run a program called From Burnout to Bliss that helps Black women leave situations that don't serve them to find their joy wherever it may be around the world. And Stephanie is right. You might hear some noise in the background today, but that's because Fridays are my favorite days. We just got to deal with a little noise. Favorite day. Um, very excited to be here to talk about Exodus Summit because uh, it's, this is going to sound weird, but it's kind of like what I live and breathe, right? And I, I don't want to center work in that way, but it's it's not really work anymore, right? It's a lot more than that. Yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I, I love that. So I want to I jump right in because I have a lot of questions. And um, yeah, I, I just want to hear you all's thoughts on a lot of things because I feel like what your mission is when you're talking about living and breathing your work, it's not just about like, like, yes, the summit is, right, the grand thing, but I feel like throughout you all sharing your own journeys, you all sharing your own um, journeys to freedom, you are also setting other people free, right? So like, it's almost like the freedom that you, excuse me, the freedom that you pursue for yourself is also beneficial to other people. But I do want to ask, right? So I do want to ask you all about Black excellence. So this is where I want to start. Um, <laughs> so here we, we've talked about Black excellence, the American dream, capitalism, all the things, um, and how as children, we're kind of pushed towards this idea of pursuing Black excellence. And so for you all, I want to ask you, like, has black, ex black excellence ever been a thing that you're pursuing? Has it ever shown up in your life? And what did it look like for you? My parents are black excellence. OK, my parents are first generation college graduates who also had my mother has a master's degree. and They did all of the things and they were, the sh you know, they are right. An example of um, you can achieve and you can have a, a, a better life, right? So my parents are black excellence. Um, as a good student in school, there was an assumption that I was gonna follow their path. And it was very obvious as soon as I started college, I wasn't into, I wasn't into any of it. Um, and they let me be myself. They let me reject black excellence in my own way over and over again. Mm -hmm. I joined the army at 26. Uh, when I got out of the army, I got a, uh, then I started, I left, a. a got a job once that was on the path. I was on my way. And then I left that job to go back and work in the pharmacy, right? Um, and so I have had, I've been surrounded by it. I wasn't in Jack and Jail, but my friends were, right? I wasn't, in, I didn't do those, the things, uh, but I was surrounded by it. Um, it seemed like it was gonna be, you know, it seemed like it was a good idea for my friends, but looking back now that we're all um, approaching 50, um, I think that, 
they wish that they had had the chance to opt out as well. But I did get to opt out thanks to my mom and dad who were like, listen, she going to do what she want to do. <laughs> that is, that's refreshing. Um, first of all, I can't, usually what I hear is when people's parents or themselves are they're the first generation to do anything. It's like the pressure is on them and they have to keep continuing that legacy. So for your parents to be like supportive of you, like actually I'm just, I'm going to do my own thing and you be supported by your parents to do that uh, is a refreshing take. Yeah. Um, I, I do. I think you're blessed in that way. And Rashida, I would love to hear um, your input as well. I, my um, parents were also, I'm not going to call it black excellence. They were both um, immigrants from the Caribbean. So it was excellence, right? Like, you know, multiple jobs all the time. My mom was working full-time and went to law school part-time um, during one point in her life. And while, you know, doing all of it and raising kids and all the stuff. Um, and I think both my parents saw that like striving for excellence didn't really get them anywhere. Not, not, not like it didn't get them anywhere, but it didn't get them what they thought it could get them. Like they, like a lot of people, they thought like, if I do the things, if I follow the rules, these results that I'm told will naturally come to me. And I, I think they both saw that not happening. And so when I was like, oh yeah, I followed your path. I made it through the school, right? I've become a lawyer too, but, um, not anymore. It was it was a much easier conversation than I thought it was going to be because they were like, oh, you wanna you want I, I guess part of it also was I never really said I'm no longer practicing law. I'm going to do as little as possible. I just said I'm gonna take a year off. That was my plan. And in that year off, they were like, oh, have fun. I think part of it too is that when you get to the point where I I was, where you're burned out and you're stressed out. The people who are close to you and the people who love you know that, right? I didn't have to explain to my parents that like the job is like damaging for my mental health because they saw it damaging my mental health, right? They saw the deterioration. And so it was, it was very easy to get other people on board with opting out, it was not that easy to get myself on board with opting out. That was that was part of the struggle. It was like, I think if I had just taken a break and I hadn't gone to travel, I probably would have gone back to the law. But traveling for me was the thing that changed everything in that year. And so it was much easier to say, oh, I don't have to live like this. I don't have to. I don't have to do this. I'm so sorry. I'm not doing this. Um, and I'd been in a couple of roles before then where I had quite a bit of responsibility, but the, the payoffs weren't worth it. And the downside of it was kind of awful as well. Right. So like it didn't make all of like, like the money and the responsibility and the title weren't worth what I was going through. And that, that for me was a point where I was like, it's really not that excellent, right? Like, um, but I think it's really interesting actually 
I hadn't thought about this lately, but something Stephanie said, Stephanie said, you know, she wasn't a Jack and Jill. Um, because my parents are not Black Americans in that sense. Um, like they, we don't go back generations in this country. None of, no one in my family is born in this country, in America. Um, I didn't know that Jack and Jill was a thing until I got to college or after college. I don't remember. I didn't know that when my... <laughs> My freshman year, my friend was telling me about this black sorority she wanted to join. And I was like, what do you, I don't know what that is. Like I've literally, I've literally never in my life heard of any black fraternity or sorority until my freshman year of college. And I was like, oh, this is a, I didn't. So like, there were those elements of like black excellence that I just wasn't exposed to, right? Our excellence came in other ways, like, you know, a little, it was a little wider, right? It was a little. To, to your point though, like, so I have a theory, right? About black excellence. First of all, thank you both for sharing that, for, for sharing your experiences. I have a theory about like black excellence that black excellence low key is kind of based on white ideals and white bars and um, metrics. Um, and, I, and I think about how a lot of black women specifically and black folks in general, like we try to, it's almost like we try to use black excellence as a way to earn our, to earn our worth, to earn our value, to be like, I am respectable. Like, look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at how hard I work. And I, and Rashida, I like what you said about like what it promises, like it kind of doesn't deliver, right? This idea of excellence, like on the other hand of you, on the other side, excuse me, of you overworking, overstretching, overdoing, it's usually more work. It's usually mm -hmm. less rest, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you are responsible. So here be responsible for things that other people should be responsible for. Um, and I do, I do want to ask, um, Rashida, when you were talking about your burnout, when you were saying it was harder for you to accept it, right? It was harder for you to accept like, oh, this is not actually mm -hmm. what I want to do, who I want to show up in the world. Like, um, this is not how I want to live my life. How did you get to a point where you were like, okay, let's actually, let's actually give ourselves a chance here to rest, to shine, to be ourselves. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. My therapist was like, girl, <laughs> because in my brain, you know, you hear the Papa Pope speech, right? Like you just got to work harder. You got to work twice. And so for internally, and because I had gotten this message from people I had worked with, it was always, you're just not working hard enough. You're not doing hard enough, or you're not smart enough. Right. And I had to, my therapist was like, if you give them a chance, they're going to work you to death. Like if you keep doing what you're doing, you're not, she was the one to say, like, you're not getting the returns. First of all, they sound like terrible people. And when I was like, Ooh, our therapist supposed to say that. Like, I think y'all are supposed to give opinions like that, but okay, sis. She's like, they sound like terrible people. They're not going to acknowledge the hard work you do. She's like, I know you're working hard, but they're, they're not ever going to give you credit for that. So why are you trying so hard? And I was like, well, what are the other options now? I say this all the time online. Times are different now, but back in 2017, I had seen a number of different therapists over the years, probably from when I was like 20 on, right? Like, so this is at this point, almost 20 years therapy, on and off, on and off. Um, whenever possible, I would try to have a black female therapist. I cannot imagine back then a black female therapist telling me, you're doing too much. So now someone. That's right. Right. It was this Eastern European white woman who was like, what if you just did less work? 
Right. And I was like, what do you mean <laughs> less work, right? Like, because she wasn't operating in the black excellence, Papa Pope, twice as hard, half as much world, she was like, they're giving you half as much. So why don't you give them half as much? Eastern European math, baby. <laughs> Is that what y'all do? Is that what I was really like? Oh, that's not. Now, I feel like now mm -hmm. you're more likely to have a black therapist who tells you that, right? Because we're all recognizing, especially after what happened in the middle of the pandemic, we're all realizing that, as Stephanie says, these jobs ain't loyal and they don't mind killing you. Right, we see that too frequently. They do not mind working you to death and then stepping over your body, right, to keep the train going. So, yeah, if I, it, it was her. I, I credit my life changes until to this, to this woman who was like, "What if you didn't do? Like, you come in here stressed out every week. What if you didn't?" <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I tried it and it worked. Ah. Okay. So it's amazing how different perspectives, right? Because when we're in our, like, low-key, I mean, I'm gonna just say it. When we're in our, like, Black woman bubble, it's usually, like, the woman who is most stressed out, most most exhausted, that's, like, reverence. Like, she's the one that's like, oh, she's the model, right? Um, and I don't know if y'all heard, like, recently at Temple University, there yes. was, yes, like, she passed away. Like, she she dropped dead, literally. And the every, the ceremonies went on without her. Like, she was mm -hmm. never there. Um, and, and it makes and it grieves me when I see so many, so many black women like so, so adamant about about proving something to somebody. And it's and it's really like they don't want to see it like they, they don't care. Like they're 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 mining you of your labor because we are so desperate to be seen. Um, and so seeing both of you do your work is really inspiring and encouraging because it's like, oh, there is a different way. Like, Stephanie, when you say, I do as little as possible, like, how did you even come to this place where you felt comfortable enough to be like, oh, I do as little as possible? Like, how did you get there? So that's always been me, okay? But I didn't know that other people didn't know that you could do less. I didn't know that. And when I said it, people would, would be like, wait, you can say it? You can do as little as possible? I was like, oh, this is something. This is something y'all need to hear. It's always been, I've, I was always going to do the easiest way or easiest thing, right? Which is why as a smart kid, I was like, eh, I don't think college is for me. It's not, it's, this isn't as easy as I want it to be, right? Um, I think that I, it, there is power, there is magic. Okay, so Alicia, Alicia does not, she's not into the black girl magic, okay? She can't stand it, that's black excellence in her, right? But there is something, I don't know what you want to call it. There is something in just saying your thing out in the world and sharing your experience out in the world. Um, because really, we don't know what our options are. We don't know what our choices are because we're not given choices. We're told one way to live, one way to be. And um, once you hear somebody else doing something, you, the possibilities are opened up for you. It really is just about hearing and seeing what somebody else is doing, somebody else's approach that will change all the possibilities. Hi, Venus. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. Yes, hello. I, when you said that, like when, when you went into college and this is actually going into the next thing I want to talk about when you're like, oh, this isn't, a, this isn't as easy for me as I want it to be. Right. A lot of people will feel shame about that. Like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Um, and I cannot, like, I have to keep pushing through. I got to keep making it. But this idea, like there's this quote and we've all heard it, right? Quitters never win and winners never quit. 
Right. And I want to know how you both feel about that, um, about that quote, if that resonates with you at all, or if you're just kind of like, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on that quote. I, I saw a woman yesterday on Twitter saying, I love giving up. Like she, was, she said, persistence is not for me. Like I'm here. Like if when the going gets rough, I go. And I was like that right there, really like that resonates with me. And I'll say that um, sometimes it's not even that, sometimes it's that it's hard. And then sometimes it's knowing it's not for you. I was pre-med. I wanted to be a doctor growing up. Um, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I was in what, I think I was in our, not organic chemistry, maybe organic. I was in one of them classes that they make you do, you know, so they can weed out folks. And I was, we were in a lab and people were, we were supposed to be working on something. And the people around me were trying, instead of working on what we're supposed to be working on, they were doing the math to figure out how many people they had to do better than to yeah. get a like to get a, an A or a B or whatever in the class. And I'm like, you're not even doing the work, right? Like you're just, you're so hyper-competitive that you're not even focused on the learning. You just are looking for the win. And it was in that moment that I was like, I don't want to spend the next six, eight lifetime with you guys. But like that, that is when I, in that very moment, I stopped being, I finished the class, whatever. But in that very moment, I was like, I, I cannot imagine being with the rest, with these people who, and I, I know not everyone thinks like this, but that for me, that was the moment of being like, I'm not, I'm not going to spend years. And truly like, what do you mean? Like it's, unless you quit the profession, it's the rest of your life yeah. with these people who don't, who's where competition is like the core of what they do. Right. And that's built into us with capitalism, like competition, like you, Competition is and capitalism go hand in hand. Um, but for me, that was like the, oh no, it's okay. It's okay for me to not be a doctor, right? And then I spent the rest of college and people asked me, what am I gonna do after college? I, said, I don't know. Or I don't know or nothing. I don't know. And like that that freaked people out. The, the answer like, I have no idea. What am I gonna do? I think we, we, hold, we don't quit things and I think it all goes back to slavery, right? We don't see options because we're used to not having options, but you have options and one of your options is to quit. It's okay to quit things. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep going down the same path. If you know that path is not gonna lead you to what you want, quit, mm -hmm. leave it, try something mm -hmm. new. As long as you don't have a choice, you're not free. Right. As long as you're using, you're living your life like there's no choice. Right. You're living your life like I have to do this thing. I started it. I have to finish it. You're not free. Right. I don't know if you want to call it bondage. I don't know what you want to. But it's not freedom. Yeah. Operating under the idea that you have to finish everything, that you have to start. You change. You're a different person. I'm a totally different person than I was in 2015. Imagine me saying, well, I started this thing when I was 2015 me. I have to finish it. I have to see it through. No, I'm free to do what I want. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Um, because I, I think that I think that a lot of people see quitting as failure, right? They see quitting as like there's some sort of deficit, right? Like, oh, I wasn't equipped. I wasn't. But I love how you all are reframing it. Like, no, it doesn't even have to be that it's hard. It's just like, it's just not for me, right? right. I don't, I don't want to do this counting the cost before you commit to something. Um, and, and so 
what I would love, and this is why like I, I have thoughts about black excellence and like black girl magic. I would love to reframe it and redefine it because I think it's very exclusive and it leaves a lot of people out. This idea of, right, like being the first, being the best, like being the biggest, right? It's about, it's not even about necessarily like community. It's about like, it's about self, right? And right. and we're looking to this one person as opposed to like feeling empowered because we're like, oh, well that's black girl magic. So therefore I'm not. So that's, that's the only reason why. Look, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I think there's, <laughs> okay. I'm not fully on board with that definition of black girl magic yet. I'm, I think, but I'm closer there than I was before. But there's, <laughs> there uh, for a lot of what is valued in, I would say almost, almost all communities, it's exclusion, right? Exclusion is is a an unspoken value, right? Like in order for me to be special, you can't be special, because if we're both special, no one's special, right? And so that that idea that you're different or other from the person sitting beside you is what is what powers many of the conversations that get us in these terrible places where we got to work twice as hard. Yeah. Right. That's right. I completely agree. Yes. Oh, go ahead, Stephanie. Sorry. There is, but, but, okay, this may be taking us totally off track, but there is some power, some, there is something in black women. I don't know. Okay. We don't have to call it black girl magic, Alicia, but there's something. We are in community with black women and it's like no other community anywhere. Right. It's like nothing else. It would not happen if this was not only black women. Yes. And so there's something, maybe yes. it's not black girl magic, but there's something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I, I guess I just, I don't want, I don't want women slaving their lives away, slaving the operative word here is like, but like working and toiling and laboring and striving to be something significant. I want women to see themselves like, no, you already are significant. Right. Like you already are that black girl magic. Cause you exist. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, we don't earn our way to value, right? We we think we do. We work hard at it, and then at the end, we find out it didn't it didn't work anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? You, know, you don't earn your way to value as a person. You are a value. You are valuable because you are a person, and that's it. And that other stuff that you're doing is not going to give you those things. It's not mm-hmm. going to give you what you think it's going to give you. Do it if you want to do it, mm-hmm. right? Do it if you sincerely want it. But if you want your life to not be focused about hard, around hard work and striving, and you want your life to be focused around ease and rest and doing as little as possible, you can live that way too. When you live your life wor- worried about other people, the way other people see you, you've, al- you've lost already. You've mm-hmm. lost that life. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. You cannot live your life based on how other people see you. That's what black excellence is. How do white people see us? Right? Yeah. How will white people see you? you've lost you've already told you've told yourself that white people are the the standard right mm-hmm. and that everyone else is less than just by living your life that way reject it yeah yes and i feel so good and it's hard to accept right it's it's hard to I, I guess for me like it was hard to accept like i have value outside of what i do for other people outside of how other people see me like finding that place sometimes can be hard especially if you live your whole life trying to appease and you know please other folks but I think what you just said is like really freeing. Like it's really freeing. It, is. Um, it feels like, good. So look at us. We're up here shining. We're up here. <laughs> I think you've got three women on this screen right now who have decided we're going to do what we want to do. Yes. Uh, and don't we look good? 
I Thank think you. We do. <laughs> Thank you. We do. Y'all do. <laughs> I do. I do want to. Um, I do want to talk about freedom. Um, freedom. Because I like what you said earlier about options, like having options, right? And for me, that is a definition of freedom. Um, but I do want to ask you, both of you, what does freedom look like, feel like? What is it? What is it to you, freedom? Living every day to me and freedom is really simple. It means that I do the things that I want to do and I don't do what I don't want to do. It means my, I have a literal like schedule that helps me see that I'm free. My schedule in my day is I get to start my day slowly and I don't have to wake up with the work on my mind. Um, and I get to ease into the things that I want to do that day and I get to decide them. Um, and it also means that, yeah, so I love options. When I was talking to my mom about quitting my job and traveling, she said, well, you should do this. And I said, mom, I could do that or I could do it this way. And she kept saying, but you have to do this. And I said, I could or, right? So to me, freedom also is options. Um, and, and operating in that every day looks to me just like ease and peace of mind, right? Doing things the easiest way and doing things in a way that are gonna continue to give me peace of mind and you know, I'm not going to have to feel um, like struggle or conflicted about things. Choices are really easy for me today because I have the I have freedom, and I get to use that freedom and operate it in it every day. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, my freedom sounds a lot like Stephanie's. I probably because we spend a lot of time <laughs> together. Yeah. But yeah, I I wake up when I want to. I go to sleep when I want to. I'm very. Freedom to me looks like doing what my body is asking for, because for so many years, I did not. For so many years, when I was tired, I had to push through. When I was burnt out, there was no time for rest. Freedom for me really means following. When I'm, I eat when I'm hungry, I sleep when I'm tired. If that means I take two naps in a day, it means I take two naps in a day, right? Um, it means that for most of the year, I only do, Stephanie makes me do some things I don't want to do, but outside of Exodus Summit season, I do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I only speak to people I want to speak to. And that, that right there is for me, based on my past experiences, that's one of the parts of freedom that I enjoy the most. If I don't like you, I never have to talk to you ever. Cause why would I? I like, I, everyone who's in my life is in my life for a reason. It's because I value them, because I like them, because I want to be around them. I don't have coworkers I don't like. I don't have bosses I don't like. If I don't like you, you don't. You literally don't exist to me. Who is that? I don't know them. I don't know them. Right? That's that is what freedom has gotten me. But freedom to me is really just doing what my body wants to do at all times. I I go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Stephanie. I just want to say I, every time Rashida says that I take a I take a new evaluation of like, OK, now who who else do I not have to spend time with? Anymore? Right. Like I get to see her live that out. And I'm like, yep, yep. We don't have to do this. So that's the thing that I even though I know that you have permission to do what you want in your life, there are still things where I'm like, that's another thing that I. Yep. <laughs> that's another thing that I can learn to do. I don't have to spend any time with anybody. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I love that because it's, again, we're almost for myself. I'll speak for myself. I was raised to believe that I didn't have a choice in who I talked to. I had to endure. I had to keep pushing through and almost like in a religious sense, like it's beneficial 
to talk to and engage with people who wish me harm, right? Like the goal is to, you know, the goal is to win them over and, you know, spread the love. And, and, and then I realized like, oh, I actually, I actually don't have, I don't have to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and that took such a load off of me because you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to be harmed, like trying to be beneficial to other people. Mm -hmm. And I think even here in this context of like Westernized thinking, it's like for black people specifically, like it's never usually the white folks. It's, it's not. It, it's usually people of color or people who are seen as on the fringes, right? They're expected to sacrifice and to labor and to do for other people and to um, endure harm for the greater good. But it's like, what if we just don't engage at all? And I was like, could that be? <laughs> could that be an option? You know? So yeah, yeah. That actually reminds me of, I think a month or so ago, over on the Twitters, they were talking about removing the blocking fleet feature. So you couldn't, because it's not right to not be exposed to other people's point of views. And all the black folks and the women were like, we block people because they are harmful for our mental health. And they're like cruel, not because they think apples are better than oranges, right? Because like they're, they're, they're constantly talking about trans people or you know what I mean? Something, something yes. that is negative to my existence. They don't want me to be alive. Right. Yes. If I can't block people who don't want me to be alive because I should be able to listen to their point of view and take something from it, you have made this worthless platform even more worthless. Like what are you talking about? That's a reminder that there are people who live in the world and everything works out for them and everything is operating in their favor. Sometimes mm -hmm. we forget that as much as we know that there are white supremacist systems and there are patriarchal mm -hmm. systems. Sometimes you I really forget that there are people who like everything is designed for them. Yeah. And they yeah. forget about what it's like to not be, or they don't know, they have no clue what it's mm -hmm. like to have things not designed and specifically to not work in your favor. Like, Imagine you can't block somebody. Oh my gosh. <laughs> somebody who's out there calling you all kinds of N words all day long, right? Hello? Like, even, <laughs> even here, like the block feature or the hide user is amazing. Like, amazing. <laughs> So they can keep talk, typing and talking and like I you're talking to yourself. I never see it. I never see it. And no one else will ever see it either. You yes. don't know. Yes. You don't even know. <laughs> Enjoy. You're talking to the wind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mm, that's, yes. It's really interesting because a lot of people cover that and make it seem like, oh, you're just, you're intolerant. Mm -hmm. Like reverse intolerance is a thing. Like you're intolerant and you are, um, you are whatever, like you don't want to hear what other people have to say. And it's like, no, but I don't, I don't have to. That's the thing. I don't, I don't have to, because you spent your entire life not hearing what other people have to say or what they think or what they believe and not valuing it. So mm -hmm. why do I have to value what you say, what you think, how you do things? Mm -hmm. um, go, talking about freedom though, right? The freedom to block, the freedom to not engage. Um, I do want to ask you both choosing freedom, choosing freedom. What has that cost you? Like when you, when you decided like, oh, I'm doing my own thing. Like, did it cost you relationships? I mean, maybe jobs, these kind of things. Did you have to mourn anything? What did it cost you? Anybody can answer. I think it cost me some relationships because, not because me choosing freedom um, created any kind of rift, but because who I am after freedom has distanced us a bit. Like I used to be in a group chat where every we get together once a week and talk like a video call and every video call it was complaint and complaint and complaint about work and i'm like 
like I love y'all and I want the best for you, but I don't want to hear I don't want to hear about what your manager's doing wrong if you don't if you don't have the same conversation next week and next week for like months to come. Because I could be eating snacks on my balcony. Right. Like so like there's there's that idea that like I still want to be a supportive friend, but this doesn't feel like supportive friend. This feels a little bit more like therapy. Like you're you're venting about the experience. And what your experience, and that's important, right? Like we should all be able to vent, have someone we can vent to about that experience. But if you're unhappy at your job, I'm a, I am currently not the person we'd vent to because I'm gonna tell you to leave that job. And if you don't, I ain't got nothing else for you. Like I'm so sorry, right? Like if you want help, if you want resources, but if it's week after, like this is what happened on this review, and this is what he's, you know what I mean? Like week after week, the same type of complaints about the same type of person. If in a like no, nothing. You can't come back to me week after week after week with the same, same complaints about anything, not about your job, not about anything, because I'm going to tell you to leave, leave. You don't like your apartment, leave it. You don't like the house, leave it. You don't like your man, leave him. <laughs> if, right. Like if every if, if you don't come to me saying nice things about him, if every time we talk, he's upsetting you or he has done something. You got to end it with him or you got to end these conversations with me. Right? Like, I'm not I'm saying you have to leave him, but you can't keep com coming to me about this. And so there, that is the way, a way in which some of my relationships have changed in that I'm not as open to that complaint cycle that happens. I, we get in a lot when we're, when we feel like we're stuck and we can't get out, you know, like all those happy hours, y'all know, all them happy hours you go to where we all sit around and complain about our jobs and all that. I can't go to those happy hours anymore. Yeah. I can't. For me now, there has to be movement, right? There has to be a, because I, I, I got a way out and I saw a way out. So if you're telling me there's no way out, we're no longer on the same frequency. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It cost me some relationships too. I think that sometimes people see you opting out and they think that you then are like judging them for not staying. Listen, I'm just living my life, Right. I'm okay. So I might be judging. I might be a little bit, but mostly I'm just living my life. Right. And I don't think, um, I don't think that I don't have negative feelings about what, you know, the, uh, what you're doing. I think that I lost some relationships because people saw me rejecting some things that they had spent their lives dedicated mm -hmm. to. And they assumed that meant that I was rejecting them or, mm -hmm. you know, or looking negatively on them. Listen, this is my life. I live my life. You have to live your life. Um, I don't know that there's any other. So I've been thinking the whole time. I don't think there's any other thing that cost me that was negative, right? Everything else that cost me was wonderful, right? It cost me um, the, I had to lose a lot of things. I had to lose a lot of things to gain this freedom. Mm -hmm. I had to lose that negative self-talk that was running in my head over and over. I had to lose the idea that I was powerless in my life. Right. And gain, to gain some agency, uh, which is black power, black women, a black women being able to choose what you want. That's black power. Mm -hmm. I had to lose that feeling that I was helpless and that things were just happening to me. Um, and I had to lose that idea that it was too late. Right. That it was, oh, it's too late. I should have done this and I should have done that. And I missed this opportunity. I had to lose those things. I don't know that there's anything else negative that it cost me. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Mm -hmm. I've been trying. <laughs> I've been trying. <laughs> no, honestly, that 
that's amazing. I, I think that's I think that's beautiful because I think the reason why I'm asking that question is because when we when we are trying to pursue something that we really want to do, we usually be like, oh, well, if I do this, then I will lose X, Y and Z. Right. And so we think of like losing relationships with friends or the convenience or the comforts mm-hmm. that we're used to. But then also on the other side of that thing, there are other things to gain. And sometimes the things that you are afraid of losing, you need to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes sometimes it has to go and it's not mm-hmm. pretty, don't feel good. Not all the time. Um, but even uh, Rashida, when you were talking about like those boundaries with your friends, um, I think for myself, like it's hard to hear those stories when you want your friend or your loved one to do better, to, to want better for themselves because all this, like watching you in pain causes me pain and right. I want you to be free. I was, it's, it's like, like, and I feel that because it's not like saying, oh, don't bother me. I'm not interested anymore. It's like, no, I want you to be happy, but because you're not even taking my advice, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with this. Right. Like, what am I supposed to do? And, and, um, yeah, so that's a heavy, that's a heavy burden to bear. And Stephanie, when you're talking about, um, like people feeling judged by what you're doing, I think that sometimes that can be like. Maybe in them, they feel like they want to do what you're doing or do whatever their version of free is. And maybe they feel like, oh, you're the special one. Like you get to do what you want to do. Right. Because if you're really doing something you're happy about, I guess, I don't know. Like, would you feel maybe you would. Would you feel judged? But yeah, some people. Yeah, some people. I think that's natural. Right. If you that's envy. You talked about that not too long ago. You made a video about envy. Yeah, some we want something. Somebody else has that thing. We envy them. That's a clue. I I believe in being powered by negative emotions. Let that let that power you. This is ding ding ding. This is telling you you want this thing. When you feel and you don't feel envy um, for people who have things that you don't want, right? I saw, uh, we're um, talking to Kyoka tomorrow. She has adorable dogs. They're traveling with her. They're, they're super cute. I love that for her, but I don't envy that. I don't want, I don't, you know what I mean? You don't feel envy when people have something you don't want. You feel envy when they have something you do want. Use that as a clue. And then ask them some questions. How did you get that? Yeah. Right? All of us have our platforms because people were asking us, how did we get that thing? And we share it. Here's how I did it. Ask them some questions. Don't sit yes. there and stew in that envy. Yes. It's yours. Ex- exactly. And like when, when I really looked at like the definition of envy, like versus jealousy, like envy is almost like the pain that you feel because you want something that they have, but you feel like you can't have it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, it's different if you're like, oh, I'm inspired. Like, oh, let me take inspired action. But when you're inspired and you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough or it's not for me, then that's when you start to feel that pain of envy, right? Like that, oh, that person gets to have it, but I don't. Um, and I really feel like, I really feel like, again, the work that both of you all are doing, um, is very generous because it's showing people like, oh, here are, uh, here are other ways to live. Like, you don't, you don't have to live like this. It don't have to be like this all the time. Um, but I do know that there are some things that come up when people say like, oh, I want to do this thing, but X, Y, and Z, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to share a few with you all. And I would love to hear any advice that you have for people who have these thoughts or fears. It feels like a pop quiz. Okay. (laughs) All right, let's do it. You're about to see our special power. So Rashida yes. is an amazing coach. Rashida can coach you through things. I think I'm a teacher. Rashida mm-hmm. is a coach, right? Rashida is for you, like one on one. You're about to see some, some power. <laughs> I thought that felt like pressure. A lot of pressure. I should have kept that to myself. A lot of pressure. Calm down now. No pressure at all. No pressure at all. I do want I do want to highlight a comment. Um, Invincible Summer. Hello. Um, Invincible Summer says, I agree with all of this, but how do we reconcile this more laissez-faire mentality with the realities of the economy right now? So I do want to ask you all if you have any thoughts about that at all. It's okay if you don't also, but. 
ahead. Um, I, I think that black people generally live on like a razor thin line of fear about money generally, right? Um, in almost all of the coaching I do, I talk to people who have money, who have money saved, who have money invested, and are like, I can't make a change because if I do, like, I'm, if I can't take, I can't, I can't afford to take a year off. I can't afford to take six months off. I can't afford to take one month off because I'm going to be, you know, homeless. Like the next, like what happens next? What if I can't get a job? What if I can't? And so our, I think at its core level, a lot of us are, um, our dial is set to lack, not abundance, right? Our dial is set to like live in lack, live in that fear of, okay, everything's fine, but what if something, you know what I mean? Like we go immediately into the 27 things that can go wrong that will have us on the streets as opposed to like the 27 things that could go right. Um, and but, but that's not a you issue, right? That's a capitalism issue, right? That's an America issue because we're told over and over again that if you don't have the most money in the world, like you have to have, you have to be the person who has the most money in the world or you're barely scraping by, right? You're barely, if you, if there's someone who's richer than you, like you, you're not going to make it. Right. And so, and we live with systems that are created for us not to make it right. They're created for us not to make it. Like our healthcare system is created to, to keep, people poor, not critical, but like the way it's functioning now functions to keep people in poverty, to keep people tied to jobs, even minimum wage jobs, as long as those jobs will give them health insurance, they are tied to there. I don't know if you remember, if you saw the video the other day about real estate investor talking about how employers need to take their, employees have gotten too much power. And so employers need to take their power back by increasing the unemployment rate. Like, employees ain't acting right. And the only way for them to, to get them to act right, the only way to get them is to whip them into shape, right? Pretty much he was like, what happened to slavery? <laughs> like, why, why isn't this going the way I want it to go? Um, they need to, someone said on stage that the way, for, the way to right the ship is for there to be higher unemployment, right? And so when you're within this model, it's really easy to say, Oh, I might, I might not have a house next week, right? If anything goes wrong, I might not. Mm-hmm. But I can't live in fear, right? And that's that is the thing that freed me um, when I got laid off the first time. I lived in fear. 20, 2009, the recession. I was like, how was I going to pay this mortgage? I was never going to get another job. Blah, blah, blah. Cut the cable. Did everything. Stayed inside. Didn't go see my friends. Right. When I got laid off in 2018, I was like, no, nope, I'm going to go see what the, what's out there for me in the world. And I had a completely different experience. Right. Living in living in the belief that things are going to work out for you will change your experience. Yeah. Right. It, it's not necessarily that bad things can't happen. Right. And that good things are always going to happen. It's that 
changing my belief changed how I walked through the world and changing how I walked through the world changed what happened to me. So yes, the economy is tough, but the further you can walk away from fear, the better experience your day to day will be. And, and I think some of us, are, we're already living the worst case scenario, right? The worst case scenario is things don't work out. You go back, you get a job and you get it. You know, you go back, you get a job and you find a place to live, right? That's how you live today. You can do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you too. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that perspective because it's like the fear is what I'm living now. Yes. Right? <laughs> The fear is happening. <laughs> like, and I can I can make a choice to do something different and try. And I'm employable, obviously, right? Like I, I have skills, I can work somewhere, I can do something. Um, and and I think that depending on how you want to live, right, depends on like things that you might need to give up, things you might need to change. Um, and, and I know for me personally, like there are me myself personally, for me myself personally, there have been very like there have been very specific things that I've had to mourn, like Mm -hmm. the American dream, right? Wanting these things that I was taught, really taught to want, like this is the marker of success. If you don't have these things, you are not successful. And I know for myself, it's like, at this point, I'm like, actually, no, I'm free. I get to define what success looks like for me. And however anybody else feels about it, that's on them. Mm -hmm. Um, But but I know that a lot of people struggle with that thought of like, what are other people going to think or say? Right. Like what will what will my parents think? What will my spouse think? What will my kids think Um, for those people? Do you have any any words of encouragement for them, like a different way to look at their lives? Uh, You're going to die. Spoiler alert. One day you will die. And on your last day, you're not going to be concerned about what those people thought about you. You're going to be concerned about what you did, how you lived, what you didn't get to experience because you box, you let people box yourself in. You got to live your life. Mm-hmm. So I was coming from that from a different angle, and that was what those people say can't be more important to you than how you feel today. How I feel, I don't care. My people who were like, you're throwing away your law degree, like what? And I'm like, you want it? <laughs> like, what? like it, what those people think about me is not more important than how I feel. Also, those people are not thinking about you. They think yeah. about their kids, the weather of a traffic they got to sit in, the groceries. Like if they have time to think about you and what you're doing in your life and judge you for the choices you're making, perhaps those are people who don't need to be in your life. Cross them off the list like Stephanie said, That's right. right? Like if your, if your decisions cause such heartburn in people that you're not asking for money and you're not living with, Show them the door. But I honestly think people aren't thinking about you. We think we think people are thinking about us more than they're actually thinking about us. Nobody cares, right? We all try to stay alive. Yes, nobody cares and it's freeing, right? Like nobody's yeah. that interested. Mm-hmm. So live the life that you want to live. I love that. And um, I do have I do have one more question I want to ask before we, maybe like two more. But the first one I want to ask is, who am I without this, right? For people who feel like, who am I without this thing? I, I know that we talked about that a little bit. But like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, if I give up this thing that I worked so hard for that I spent all these years, you know, you know, studying and pursuing and, you know, climbing up the corporate ladder, what do I do now? Like, what would be the thing that you would say to them? There is a whole person in there mm-hmm. and you get to meet her once you mm-hmm. reject some stuff. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. None of us are the same people that we were a few years ago. Uh, and the, the, I think that that person was always there. 
I don't know. Some there's two different. It, it could be that she's always there. It could be that we went out and found her and brought her in. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's always in there. There is a whole person in there with other interests and other abilities and skills and um you don't know. It's 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 understandable to be really afraid to reject something that you spent your whole life working on, right? Because you feel like it's going to create this like emptiness and this vacuum. Uh, just the other day, Kat from Rebloom Room called it a liminal space, like a like a really scary space. Okay, yeah, I can see that, right? But you're about to fill that space up mm-hmm. with only stuff you like, with only stuff that feeds you, with only mm-hmm. stuff that gives you joy. You you are you are a whole person aside mm-hmm. from that work that you've been dedicated to, and mm-hmm. once you leave that work, that whole person gets to bloom and thrive. It's, it's it's fine to be afraid. It's fine to be afraid to let some things go. But you are freeing yourself up to be you, a you that you didn't even know existed. I am so happy I did that. I'm so happy Rashida did that. And Alicia, and once once you do it, uh, no turning back, no turning back. You never hear women come to us and say, oh my gosh, I totally regret I totally regret. I used to be burnout and dedicated, committed to work and work and work and work and giving and giving and giving. I've given that up and man, do I regret it. Not once, not one time. I would also, I would add to that, that if you don't know who you would be without the job or the title or what you would do without those things or this one identifier that has been placed on you or you've placed on yourself, then you probably need to give it up more than you think right? Like that's, you are the person who needs, if you don't know who you would be outside of that, then you are in desperate need of maybe not giving it up, but creating more room for more you in your life, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're a YouTuber and you, right, if I was going to say a name, but I've never said this name. Anyway, if you're, if you're a name, if you're a YouTuber um, and that is who you are, Mm day in, day out. And that's how you're known. That's how people identify you. That's how you identify yourself. It's probably time for, you know, a little hobby, a little, a little something else yeah. of your own, a little space for you, because even things like YouTuber work, right? There it's work. So if you are what you do, you are more in need of giving it up than anybody else. Yeah. I guess that is yes. <laughs> that is yes. Like, work creating anything as an artist like art is work Mm -hmm. like creating Mm -hmm. art sometimes is work you know like sometimes I create stuff for myself but if I'm sharing it with the world I consider that work and Mm -hmm. so it's really easy to have that work permeate every single part of your life right like oh I can't go here because I got to do this or I I, you know that's not what I'm known for right we create these little boxes and these limits for ourselves or we put on limits that people give us I'm feeling like that we that we can't do anything else. And so of course, because we're at our jobs for 40 plus hours a week, you know what I mean? Like that's where we're spending most of our time. Sometimes we do, I do, I think we do lose sight of who we really are because mm-hmm. we're putting on what other people are telling us to do. Yes. So what both of you all had to offer is, yes. is amazing. I do, I do want to ask. Um, so we talked about how black excellence is this need to prove like that we're competent, that we're beautiful, talented, and it's usually using someone else's marker of success, right? But these things usually are harmful to us. Like when we're coming from like, see me, see me, like looking to other people to see our worth and our value, we end up exhausted. We end up, um, again, 
removed from ourselves, like separated from ourselves, not knowing who we are. Um, but I do want to ask for yourselves, um, what is the definition of success that you see for both of you? Are you asking individually or like yes. as a, for our yeah, business? Individually. Ah, oh, so I like to always, so I have like this four or five year clock in me that goes off that says change everything, right? So I, I for me, success means that I am in a place every so often where I can change something new, right? I'm moving into, I'm moving into family things now, right? I'm leaving solo person behind and moving into family person. Um, for me, success is being, when that clock goes off, I can do it, right? It means that I have done, I have been a success, I, I've had the success of doing the next thing to set me up for the next, next thing, right? Every round goes higher, higher. For me, success means that when, when it's time, when I feel pulled to do the new thing, I can do it. Uh, it means that the, the old thing was a success. I don't know if that was clear enough, but yeah, it just being able to move into the new and the new and the new. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> um, success for me comes from other people, right? Like it's at, at this, I don't know what it might look a year from now. And by the way, Stephanie said four or five years. And I was like, wait, we've been doing Exodus Summit for four years. What's she going to tell me next year? Don't do it. Don't do it. You're, you're hooked. It's too late. Everybody can do their job except Stephanie. <laughs> um, but it, it really is. I feel more successful when I hear that, you know, Greta's leaving her job. Or, you know what I mean? Something like that is happening than I do in any other marker of my life. And I think it's, I think it's because in a lot of ways I have rejected what we commonly think of success because of, of how long I was tied to it, right? Like, yes, I'm a lawyer, but what company am I working at, right? Like, or like, what is my job title, at, right? Like those things mattered to me for so long that like talking about personal success is harder now. So I think I've, it's actually put me in a place where like I'm having a bit of a visibility issue. I'm just moving. Um, like I, I was featured in Marie Claire last year in like in the, I, online you couldn't see it, but in the print issue, there is like a little column with me in my picture. I have never shared that online. Right. And I think some of it is that like the point is that people like who read it get the like information. But then the other part of that is like, I think for me, those markers that, that look like success, I'm, I'm going further to beside than I, that I need to go. Right. I'm for, I'm rejecting them more than I need to, I think because I was so entrenched in them for so long. So success feels like black woman winning their their version of winning whatever that is whatever i can do to get you to the next level of what you want if what you want is freedom right if what you want is like the next step up the career ladder i'm probably not that invested right um but if if you're on your way to your freedom however that looks i want to help you get there and seeing women get there and having them tell us that we help them get there is what success feels like to me i love that i love that and speaking of that um, Exodus Summit is coming up. 
if you could please tell us what is Exodus Summit? How did it come to be? Um, yeah, just tell us all the things, please, about the uh, the start of it and how it got started and how we got here. But yes. I got tricked. That's how it started. Okay, so we, uh, I, Stephanie and I did a whole summit before we ever met in person, but we had met online. Um, I reached out to Stephanie because someone who, someone reached out to me and asked for advice. They want to take a career break. And I think the first same person reached out to her and I hadn't heard of Stephanie yet. She was on the phone with me. She was like, have you heard of Stephanie? I said, no, I looked her up. I was just starting my YouTube channel and I thought she'd be a great guest. I think she was maybe the first or second guest I ever had on my channel. Um, and we talked and I think we, we may have stayed in touch online after that. And then she came to me maybe six months later and said, why don't we do this YouTube? She just started her channel. Why don't we do this YouTube project together? And I was like, this was a year later because we talked in 2019 and then we have this first summit in 2020. So it was like a, a year later. Um, why don't we do this thing together? And I was like, okay. Like it was, I was at home recovering from knee surgery. It was a pandemic. I was like, I ain't doing nothing. Right. Like, okay, sure. Um, with no end result in mind, one of the women, we talked to Kina <coughs> Williams, who lives in South Africa. We talked to her. She was one of the 12 women we interviewed during that series. And after it was over, she was like, oh, you guys should do some kind of like summit or conference. And we were both like, please, <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, this interview is over. Okay, bye. <laughs> Can't hear you. Can't hear you anymore. Um, and then six months later after that, Stephanie showed up and was like, would you like to do a summit? And once again, I was like, well, I ain't doing nothing. Sure, why not? Um, apparently, she had made a whole like deck to convince me, but she asked and I was like, okay, sure, right? I, I'm literally watching Matlock all day with my mom. Like, okay, <laughs> great, online? Sure, let's do it, right? Um, and we did it. And that's how it happened the first year. Steph, you want to tell them? Yeah, so Exodus Summit isn't, uh, the landscapers here, so you'll hear. Exodus Summit is an online conference for black women uh, who are ready to start planning a career break or a sabbatical or move abroad or nomad life. Um, and this is our fourth year hosting Exodus Summit. This year's theme is location freedom, financial freedom, and time freedom for black women. We bring in speakers to Exodus Summit who can tell you how to do a thing, right? Our speakers, so sure, they're inspirational and some of their names are really impressive and exciting. Uh, some before the summit, some after the summit, right? Um, but we, but what's so wonderful about the summit isn't who the speakers are and isn't the theme of the summit. What's wonderful is what our speakers come to leave you with. Our speakers come to leave you with the tools you need, uh, a plan, and then our community comes in and just envelops, <laughs> envelops and wraps, wraps each other up and takes it from there. Um, the the Exodus Summit community of Black women is so open and so caring and so supportive and so giving. Um, you've seen, so we're all, we're all in the community. The women, some of the women in this chat today are inside of that community. Um, you get to feel people who really want you to win and to thrive 
And that happens during, it starts during the summit. Some women will leave Exodus Summit with their accountability partner or their, um, you know, a person who they're going to start working on a plan alongside. They'll meet that person inside of our virtual summit. It's a wonderful thing. It's hard work, okay? So Rashida and I, are less, we're less than a week out, okay? It's hard work. But it's amazing because what happens is Black women come to the summit with like a, a hope, right? I would like to work on this thing. I would like for this thing to come to be better. Uh, and they leave with a, 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 tra- a plan and then they come back and talk about here's the transformation. Here's what Exodus Summit has done for me. Rashida asked some women inside of the community um, just last week for small wins. What small wins have you gotten? I'm talking about these women changed their lives, right? Rashida asked for small wins. And they're like, well, I quit my job. I now I moved to Spain. I moved, right? My kids and I now live in a new country, right? I, um, I wanted to know, like, did you, you know, did you declutter your home? No, start, they were start, like, start investing for your future. You're, they're like, no, no. I'm living a new life. Um, and it's funny because every year, so I think it's Stephanie and I have one complaint. Is that these women are going out there and doing fantastic things and they're not telling us. So we don't know. It'll be like six months later. We're like, oh yeah, I quit my job. And I now, you know, have this business. And I'm like, when were you going? And we're like, oh, we, we owe it all to you. And I'm like, but I, I can't write it down in my notebook if you don't tell me. I don't, I don't have a notebook, <laughs> but I should. But what happens every, what's real for me about every Exodus Summit is that every year there are women who take action while a speaker is still speaking. And we hear during the summit that things happen for them. Our very first year, we started on a Monday. On Tuesday, a woman quit her job. Right. Last year, people were in one of our team Zika session, emailing their bosses like we need to meet tomorrow and talk their way into a race. Team Zika is coming back this year. So if you want to raise at your job, come through. Um, right. Like we, we hear from women who are like, I am not leaving the session without taking action. And those are the women I want to be with. Right. Sign me up for the women who are like. This inspiration is nice, but that action, that action is going to get me where I want to go. And we see it like it's three days long. But during those three days, I'm going to hear from some women who are like, I bought my ticket, right? Or something that is going to equal a step forward. And it's a beauty to behold. It really is. Yes. Um, So I attended last year. It was amazing. It was, and I'm not it's no hyperbole. It's not just me saying that like, no, it was absolutely amazing. The, the speakers, I love that you all are talking about action. Like, it's not just about like, and I heard you, you all talk about that too. Like, it's not just like, Oh, I did this thing. Right. It's like, I did this thing. Let me, let me show you how I did this thing so that you can do it yourself. And I think that that is to me, that is black excellence, right? Like that is, that is black girl magic. Like that is the communal aspect of it. Like even in the sessions, people are talking to each other. Um, there's like, you know, there's a happy hours and things where we're like communing with one another. It's, it's such a warm and safe place for black women to feel like really seen, like really seen and heard. Like it, there's, there's no like infighting, backbiting. It's like, no, like we're all here to uplift one another in, in a sincere way, like sincerely. Um, and so I want to pre- I want to show my appreciation to both of you. Like, thank you so much for creating this space, for creating um, the summit and all the work that you do to facilitate such a beautiful 
community and to have such a beautiful conversation with us. And I do want to ask you about the theme this year. So when you're talking about freedom, um, what can what can one expect um, to come to listen and to hear and to leave with? If you want to share that for this theme this year. We talk about freedom in a really grand scale. Generally, when people talk about freedom, you know, like especially Black people, like freedom was life or death for so many people for so long, right? Um, now, when we talk in the conversations we're having right now about the summit, freedom can, we talk about location freedom, money freedom, time freedom. All of those freedoms, those three freedoms are, we think they're crucial. They are necessary for living a truly free life. But we're also talking about those smaller moments of freedom that we don't necessarily give credit to that can change your life in place, right? You don't have to quit your job, but maybe making more money at that job would give you a little bit more relief, right? You don't have to move away, but maybe if you can talk to your partner about an equitable division of labor, you will have more time for you and you'll feel freer in the current moment. So we're talking about freedom on a grand scale and we're also talking freedom about freedom in like those small moments that we don't give enough, generally don't give enough credit to in our lives. We're generally not looking, if we're looking for more time in our life, we're usually looking for more time to do more work. We're not usually looking for more time to sit with us, to sit with our feelings, to rest more. We have a beautiful rest practice coming from Octavia Rahim, which I'm so excited about, um, who's gonna talk us through building a rest, a personal rest practice. Um, because women who are free are rested, right? And you may not feel free today, but if you felt rested, would you be a little closer to that personal freedom? That's right. So the sessions are, um, we have, we really do have a session on how to renegotiate or like renegotiate the responsibilities inside of the home. Tori Prophet is a licensed marriage and family therapist because women are carrying too much of the load. Okay. I told Tori, uh, I told, I got to meet Tori the other day and I told her that we secretly call her session the leave your husband session. She didn't like that. So it's not a leave your husband session. It really is a session on how to re, re, re get a balance the responsibilities in your home should not all be falling on you. You should be able to separate. You should be able to lift out, lift yourself out for Exodus Summit for three days without your family and your household falling apart. And if that's not the case, if you registered for Exodus Summit and you want to be away for the three days of Exodus Summit, even if it's in the house, but just away out uh, and you have to do a whole lot of stuff to prepare your family for you to be gone for those three days, you need this session, okay? Uh, we do have a session on decluttering to make space for more of the things that bring you joy in your life. So we do have some really tangible uh, sessions that are gonna bring you immediate change. And then we do have some sessions on some big stuff, right? How to pick a country to move abroad to, some, some other things. Uh, you can, wherever you are in this, on this journey, whether you're ready to leave, give it all up and go or you want to have some more time freedom in your life today, some more location freedom in your life today, uh, Exodus Summit is where you should be October 6 through 9. Alicia's putting her link here in the chat and in the description of this video. Uh, use her link to register for Exodus Summit, to thank her, 
uh, gives her a little something, right? It gives her a little something special to thank her for introducing you to Exodus Summit. I like to take, I keep track of some things and I'd be like, I think I introduced this person to this person. So I get the win. Okay. So let Alicia get this win for introducing you to Exodus Summit, for putting you on. We're not joking when we say you're going to love it. It's an amazing place full of wonderful speakers and fantastic women. The, the Black women who are going to be your next uh, life, like support your next cheerleaders, your next journey, co-journeyers. What do we call them? People who are on a journey with you. Your next friends, your next sisters are inside of the Exodus Summit community. So let thank her for introducing you. Thank her for putting you on by using her link when you register. And that's in the description of this video. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Oh. I want to jump I, in real quick. Ahead, I, please, yes, yes. Sorry, I was muted. I want to, I see Lynn's comment that you wish you could join, but don't have Facebook. Our community, our, our, we have a Facebook group. Our Facebook group is on Facebook. It's where we run our community. But the actual summit itself is not on Facebook at all. You don't need no kind of face, nothing. You don't need any social media to attend the actual summit. So if you would like to attend the actual summit, Marissa is a speaker at the summit this year. Hey, Marissa. Um, you should check check out the information at the link. Um, sign up. Truly, it's weird to say that something you created is like changing Black women's lives, but something we created is changing Black women's lives. Something we do, I do something each year that will change the course of the lives of the women who attend. And it's wild, like like I said, that that like. Owning that kind of thing is a struggle for me right now, but it Stephanie helps me with that part. <laughs> Stephanie helps with that part. Um, but yes, it's, it's true. Like this summit is if you show up, if you pay attention, if you take your notes, if you take action, right? Like I challenge every, I need to do this in the intro. Remember to do this. I challenge every woman who attends, every black, because it's a black woman only space. I challenge every Black woman who attends to write one email during the summit. Attend one session and write one email or send one, mes send one message during the summit that takes action on something someone taught you and see where you are next month, right? Write one, one, one message to somebody, right? From one of these, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's HR, right? Maybe it's I no longer work here, or maybe it's, we, I need a race, right? Maybe it's, this is the time. We talked to a woman who last year who was supposed to get a raise and they've been playing in her face. And after that session, she was like, you are not playing in my face anymore. So come give me, come give me this money, right? So no matter what it is, I challenge you to send a message during the summit to someone else based on something you learned here. And see what happens a month from now, right? Because if you don't, like people come all the time and just listen. Or they come and they don't listen. <laughs> and they don't take notes. And they don't, they don't watch the replays. And then nothing changes, right? If you want something to change, I want you to take action, right? If you take the action, things will happen. So, yeah. Yes. I yeah, want to change my answer for what success is <laughs> because success is seeing black women take action. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love that. We love that. Yes. I love that. And, and I do, I do want to respect you all's time. I, I apologize. I do have um, one question. How do you know if you're ready to attend the summit? That's um, from YOLO XOXO. 
I think, so look at the list of, I would say, look at the calendar, look at the list of sessions. If there's a session on there that piques your interest, even a little bit, there's something mm -hmm. in there, go ahead and register. Mm -hmm. Any session mm -hmm. in Exodus Summit, any session inside of the summit is worth the cost of the ticket, yeah. right? Any one yes. session is worth the cost of the ticket. If you see yes. just one session, you probably see five or six, okay? Yeah. But if yeah. you see just one session where you're like, oh, wait, mm -hmm. tell me more about that. Yes, Come. yes. Join mm -hmm. us. You don't yes. have to be ready to sell sell everything. No. Uh, you just need to be ready to come in, take some notes, and meet some other mm -hmm. Black women who are doing, who mm -hmm. are taking control of their own freedom. That's yes. it. Yes. I, I would also add that if you want more, more, not total, but just a little bit more time in your life, a little bit more money, a little bit more location independence, right at the core. The summit would be good for you, but what would even be better is being in community with the women who are going to be at the summit, right? Because they're going to hold your hand and when you're being stubborn, they're going to yank you through the hard parts, right? They're going to be like, no girl, we got, why are you, why aren't you coming? Come on. They're going to drag you with them as they go. And that's the great thing about Exodus Summit. It's not, it's not Stephanie and I talking to you for three days about what you're doing wrong in your life it's a community rallying around you to say, you don't have to get it all today, but if you want it, it's time to, it's time to stop being scared of wanting it. Own that you want it because you're in a, you're a safe space for black women. Everyone here wants it too. You can say, you, Exit Summit is a space where you can say what you want. You can say your dreams out loud and no one is going to judge you and no one is going to say anything negative to you. They're going to support your dreams no matter what it is. And that's what you should be surrounded with in your life. That is what you should be blessed with, a community who fully supports you. And that is what Exodus Summit is. I love that. The freedom, that by itself, the freedom to say what you want and not be judged, the freedom, the freedom <laughs> to say how you feel, the, you know, like to be able to be honest. We don't really get a lot of spaces to do that. And so that, that in itself is huge. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do, as we start, as we wrap up, I do want to ask you all, on the other side of you all choosing your own freedom, how has your life, change like what does it look like now versus what it was before since you chose your own freedom i got to meet myself and i i got to meet a whole person um who is full of joy and uh who loves community you would never have known that about me in the before times right um i'm changed i my life changed because i got to meet myself I got to find out some things that I'm good at that I didn't know I was good at. Uh, I got to benefit from some things I knew I was good at, like being a talker. I always knew I was a good talker. Uh, and I get to use that in the, out in the world and I get to see it um, impacting other black women. Um, yeah, like I can't understate what I can't, there's, I can't overstate. I can't overstate how much it has changed my life. Just saying, I'm gonna look at what my options are and I'm gonna exercise a different option, which we talked about being freedom for us, right? I can't, I can't like, I can't tell you enough how much that has changed everything for me. Um, everything. This, this is gonna sound kind of corny, but like my life is love and light. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but like I talk to Exodus Summit women every day. Daily, I'm talking. I'm in the community. I'm talking to women, and that is a space of love and light. I talk to Stephanie all the time. That's love and light. I, I rarely have a bad day. 
right? Freedom, freedom to do what you want when you want, freedom to follow your body's intuition, freedom to live in a way that is in alignment with who you are means you'll rarely have bad days. Not that there are no bad days, right? Things happen, but I rarely have bad days. And when I do have bad, like I used to at work, I have been so angry at work that I had a very negative physical, like physical in my body. Like I had an autoimmune issue flare up in my body on the spot because of how angry I was at work. And now I'm like, why would I be angry? Like about what, right? Like someone has to actually try to make me angry now. Like you have to be, if if I'm angry, if 2023 Rashid is angry, someone is actually trying to make me angry. So now that person doesn't exist anymore. Just like that. Just like that. Problem solved. Problem solved, you don't exist. I'm so sorry. Sorry to your family, but like, I don't, I don't know what happened to you. Right. And it's just, it's a different life. It's a, it's a different life when your boundaries are the, my boundaries are the most important thing that rule my life. Right. Like I, it's my personal boundaries. It's not what time do I need to be at work? Cause go away. It's not, do I need to go into the office today? Cause what is it? Right. (laughs) It's, it's what, what is on my to-do list that I'm actually going to do today and not push off till tomorrow, right? And what do I want to eat today? And am I going to work out? And if so, what am I going to do? And do I have time for a nap? Probably, right? And that's, and am I going to see my friends? Maybe, maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. It really is, it's love and light. When you get to create the container yourself, yeah. You also get to decide what gets into the container. And yes. that's I think the best, the best sign of freedom for me. I love I love both of those responses. That's absolutely beautiful. I can that's amazing. That's beautiful. Um and it feels good. It feels warm. Like it feels feels like a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um and so I appreciate both of you sharing sharing how your life is different now on this side of freedom, you know, amidst all the fear and all the things that could go wrong. Like focusing on what has gone right, like focusing on what you have now, which is, mm-hmm. which is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I do. I, somebody asked a question about the Facebook group. Is it okay to share the, yeah. okay. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to sh- share the link. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Our Facebook group is called Exodus Summit. It's for black women only. And so if your profile picture is a sunset or a flower, black women love a sunset picture as their profile photo. Okay. Uh, you may, it may delay or may even prevent you from entering the group because we really do keep it that locked down. We have to be able to tell on Facebook that you're a black woman. Uh, so we poke around your profile, mm-hmm. but some of our profiles are so locked down that we can't mm-hmm. tell. So that's, we just want to mm-hmm. let you know, we want you there. We want you there, but we have to, we have a line that we cross that we don't cross mm-hmm. because somebody will sneak in and then be like, I, why, <laughs> what did that woman email us, Rashida? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It'd be some crazy stuff. Okay. So we don't want that. It's it's always someone who feels like the work you're doing for black women, you should be doing for me too. Mm -hmm. I, how dare you, how dare you exclude me from your labor? Uh That's, that's where we have issues. And in order for it, in order for Exit Summit to remain a, a safe space for black women, we can't have people, the people who demand to get in are exactly the people who shouldn't get in, right? The people who demand the labor of black women, 
with nothing in return, right? Are not, because you can hire both Stephanie and I individually, right? right? You could probably hire us collectively if you wanted to, right? But you don't want to pay us. You want our free labor. And the fact that you're not, you're not invited to our free labor is so offensive to you. You, you write in an email, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're exactly the person that shouldn't be in the group. Because you're not, you're not a safe space for black women. So that's right. that's right. Yeah. So our Facebook community is called Exodus Summit. Our conference is also called Exodus Summit. If you don't want to be on Facebook, just come to the conference. So, so serious. Come to the online conference. Everything is online. You'll be able to meet women, especially if you have the all access pass. You'll be able to get in small groups with other women and you can just get their contact info and stay in touch with them. Right. Com form community with them that way. You don't have to be on Facebook to join in with the women in the Exodus Summit community, okay? Because they out here <laughs> meeting up, traveling together, doing all kinds of stuff. Wonderful. I agree. I agree. Again, thank you both so much for your time. I do want to ask you to please share where people can find you, follow you, all the things. Um, and I'll put the links to your YouTube channels um, in the chat and also the description. Thank so, you. Of course. Thank you. Uh, I'm Vacarious on Instagram, on the things. Uh, and then also we have, we're Exodus Summit on the things as well. Uh, yeah, everywhere. Every guest. I am Sheeta D on Instagram, as it says right there. And on YouTube, I go by Rashida Dow, because that's my name. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, awesome. That was okay. So I'm easy. Put, yes, very easy. <laughs> Copy paste. But yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you all so much for um, spending time with us. Thank you so much for offering. I apologize we went over time, but I'm, I'm so grateful that you all stayed and conversed with us because this has been amazing. So thank you. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Thank you to the moderators. I saw y'all were handling things. I appreciate you. Um, thank you for keeping us safe. And yes, yes. I hope that you all have a wonderful day. I hope to see you at the summit. I'm going to put the link in there one more time because I promise you, you're not going to regret coming. Yeah. It was amazing um, last year. So I'm sure it's going to be amazing this year. And we have amazing, um, amazing folks that are going to come and share their generosity with us as well. So please, if you're free, please come. All right. So yes, <laughs> not fun to replay. Hi, Yvette. <laughs> but yes, everybody. <laughs> I hope that you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. And see you all later. Thank you so much, Alicia. This was wonderful. We, we appreciate you so much. We love you so much. Aww. I wish yeah, I wish I could hug you. I'll see you sometime soon. Sometimes. Yeah, sometime soon. Yes, absolutely. All right, I'm going to end the stream. All right, bye guys. Bye.